Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of American Conversations, the 8.3 liter podcast where we talk to people and we talk about what Americans are seeing, what Americans are talking about, what should we be thinking of. I'm joined by my co-host today, Katrina Stokes, the Hurricane A7, Piermont's finest, hashtag not my wife. How you doing today, co-host? I'm great. How are you? I am doing awesome. So uh, we've been talking a lot about preparedness and about, um, you know, things people should be doing to help themselves. And uh, I think we wanted to talk about that kind of concept today. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, definitely, you know, getting back to some old school values and, and what our con- our country was founded on, right? Um, being an American and a patriot isn't just about politics. It's about getting back to that hardcore American. Totally agree with that. So, um, you know, we're up here in New Hampshire and we have all this colonial history and we have uh, civil war history and we have this term, uh, the Yankee mentality. You know, we always hear with the civil war, they had the Yankees and the rebels, right? Well, the Yankee mentality, you've heard me say this, right? You remember what the Yankee mentality is? Oh, sorry. That was directed to me. Uh, yeah, tell us, uh, you remember the Yankee mentality? What is it? No, I don't. Tell All me right. what it is. So the Yankee mentality, the way I've heard it said, is make do, make it yourself, or go without. And how this applies is if you don't have the money, or maybe it's something that, uh, uh, maybe it's something that's not an absolute need, right? But it's right. something you want, or would be helpful, or maybe... You're just reaching for, but it's really going to put you in a bad spot. It's that underlying mentality of how you operate your life, how you do your finances, how you operate your daily, okay? Make it yourself. Be self-reliant, okay? Um, uh, Make do with what you have, you know, being thankful. We're coming up to Thanksgiving, you know, we're being thankful for what we have and maybe making do with... Uh, you know, the, the, what we do have instead of going for the next bigger, best thing, um, or just go without, maybe sometimes we need to acknowledge that, um, we don't need all the things that we think we do. We have a lot of wants versus needs. And that ties in directly with this traditional values, um, and, uh, self-reliance type mentality. What do you think of that? Um, that makes perfect sense. I mean, um, the society that we live in now is all about consumerism, right? Totally. And um, and going back to the basic things, um, you know, my my great grandmother was born in eighteen ninety nine. That woman has literally seen everything invented, and yet she lived lived. Um, There's a common phrase of modest means. So what we have, what we can build what we can create and what we can go without. You're right. Right. So she, is she still alive? Um, nope. She, she did pass away in 2002. Okay. So you said 1899. So she's not like a super 120 year old. She's not. Still- <laughs> no. Um, no, that that's really awesome though. And, and we, we need to pay attention to those kind of people that have been through a lot and have those life experiences. Uh, let's think about for a second, what your, you said your grandmother by blood, right? My great grandmother. Yes. She's actually an Adams um, related to the president, John Quincy Adams. That's so cool. So 
what kind of things, let's see, what kind of things, uh, let's throw some events and some changes out that this woman experienced. Um, so the great depression is a huge one comes to mind. World war one and the great depression following that. Right. Yeah. Uh, some other stuff. I mean, obviously you got world war one, you got world war two. What other thing, what other marked things in history did this woman experience? Well, let's think about that. Um, let's go back and do a little history lesson here. Right. Um, Hmm. Well, besides all the inventions and that type of stuff, um, some memorable, you know, points in history. Um, trying to think of some besides the wars, um, all of the wars, right? Think um, of those, you mentioned the inventions, Katrina. I think that's actually super, um, maybe more important than the, quote, historical, uh, like, wars and timelines like that. This woman was around for basically, you know, the invention of the telephone, it, you know, like widespread, uh, right. you know, um, like widespread implementation of electricity, um, widespread indoor plumbing, um, cars, flight. This, you know, I mean, flight was, uh, I mean, shit, Orville and Wilbur Wright, was that 1910 for the, it the was. I mean, think about that. I mean, not to mention the internet, um, you know, uh, I mean, stupid stuff we take for granted. Microwaves, heating food with no fire. Um, you know, it's it's something that we are so far removed from of not having so many of these things. It's hard to think about being born literally like you'd see like in the movies in the Wild West, being born into like a little log cabin with, you know, a, no running water, drawing your water from a well, plowing your fields with horses and stuff from the average person, you know, candlelight or oil lamps, you know, maybe even shit like whale oil to, right. to she died in 2002. I mean, how much, how much of a, a landscape change? That's a fundamentally different world. Don't you think? Um, I agree. Everything, nothing was done for you. You literally went without, um, if you didn't do for yourself and, and nothing was easy, you know, um, kind of goes, it, it reminds me a lot of, um, homesteading, you know, and, and that's really kind of taken off, um, currently, but literally nothing was provided for you. Everything was difficult. Everything was hard. Um, little fun fact when we're talking about, um, generations and, um, and the ages in which, you know, they grew up um, in the 1800s. And a lot of people don't know this. Um, in the 1800s, you, transportation wasn't a thing, right? Automobiles, you know, those, I mean, she's literally seen everything invented. And um, how did people transport things? How did they do things? How did they, you know, send their children, you know, wherever it was in the country they were being sent? Um, and you could actually send your children by the United States um, Postal Service. You could right. actually mail your children in the 1800s. Um, but yeah, everything was everything was really difficult. Um, there was no food unless you raised it or grew it. There was no water unless you went and got it. This woman literally lived through every major milestone um, that, that we can even think of. 
right? I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's one of those concepts um, that I like to. I, I kind of say I would put it in the realm of um, uh, things you can't really fully imagine unless you experienced them. I mean, talk about it. We can kind of analyze it, but it's not something you can internalize because it's just such a crazy thing. It, unless you've really gone through some crazy shit, you just can't understand it from that person's view. We will never be able to have that perspective um, that she had. Um, so, I mean, we're talking about, you know, making do, um, you know, obviously the depression and we've had this movement um, in America of back to the land. We've had uh, people wanting to go green. We've had organic farming popping up. We've had, you know, um, uh, is, uh, you know, everybody's now a YouTube homesteader. I mean, people are making huge amounts of money. People are making careers around back to the land survival training. I mean, how many YouTube channels are there with millions of followers that are like guys building mud huts with rocks and sticks. Um, and they're not all just guys over in Asia, you know, people have this fascination uh, this almost, you know, romanticized fascination with what it takes um, to do traditional, um, you know, living, to move in that direction philosophically. Um, and so I really think we, this is an area that needs more discussion, and I'm sure we'll have many more podcasts that touch on this, um, because for what it's worth, I'm living kind of this lifestyle. I mean, as you know, Katrina. Right, right. There's something to be said for that. The good, the bad, and the ugly, you know? Um, it, it's not, you talk about the romanticizing about it. Um, it's hard work. It is hard work every day. You don't get a sick day to just sit on the couch and watch Netflix. You don't have, you know, it's every day. Or you don't eat. Or you don't, you know, have the, the firewood that you need to keep warm. Um, there's, there's tough decisions when it comes to this type of stuff, but the reward is incredible as well. Oh, huge, huge. And and I, I can personally firsthand attest that. And, uh, so as many as you know, you know, um, maybe we have some new listeners, people who aren't in the movement. Um, but, uh, you know, I live off grid with my wife, you know, we have a farm property that we're building into a homestead. And, uh, so I, I live without electricity, without, you know, traditional running or not traditional, but without like conventional modern amenities of plumbing and, and running water and all that stuff. We have traditional means. Um, now, I want to be full disclosure because we're talking about traditional things. And, and for the purpose of the podcast, we're talking about you having to do things right. Um, I am not somebody who is self-sufficient. We do still have to go to the grocery store for some things. We still do. Uh, partake in modern society in some ways. Um, But by comparison to your average person, we are a thousand times more traditional. Um, And by comparison to most people who say that they live, quote, off-grid, because that's like a hot word now. That's a whole realm on the internet is off-gridding, right? Um, And a lot of people say off-grid, and they mean they just have a house that physically has a shit ton of solar panels on it. They've got a $50,000 solar array. So they call themselves off grid. Um, I mean, I just saw 
uh, at a buddy's house the other night. They had they I stopped in to say hi, and they had the TV on, and they said, "Oh yeah, we watched this off grid TV show," and they turn it on, and it they've literally got like a three hundred thousand dollar house, and they're putting vinyl siding up on this, and they've got a tractor and a bulldozer, and then it cuts to this solar panel array in the yard. That's got to be. 25 feet tall by like 40 feet long. And I said, turn that crap off. I said, that's not off grid. I said, that's right. people, people have these, you know, as with anything, there are varying levels to how you can dive into things and how far you can go because you can take anything to an extreme, right? This right. is just, just fact. Um, so I just want to be clear on our, you know, my situation. Um, I'm not trying to be something I'm not, and I'm not trying to play anybody on, but we are traditional off-grid. So with that in mind, um, I really think one of the most important things um, to talk about and to actually try to teach people something in this episode for them to have a takeaway is I think the journey towards self-reliance, the Yankee mentality, and being better prepared for anything in life starts uh starts in the brain it starts with personal development um if somebody says to me like how many times katrina have we heard somebody say oh well where do i start what do i do you know i want to buy land what's the first thing um you know and the first thing is okay don't go buy a chisel or a hammer don't go buy seeds don't go buy a shovel i mean like those things are necessary sure but you know what you need to do? You need to go down to the used bookstore and spend $5 and go get 15 or 20 old books on traditional skills, on how to do these things. But also really probably more important is the mental conditioning, mental toughness, owning of your situation, um, personal development, like personal growth, motivational style books, you know, professional development style books. Um, And there's a a few titles that I want to talk about. And I really think that the journey towards this and the underlying mentality is the thing that's more important to cultivate. Because once you fix your mentality, your world will start to follow in the direction of your your worldview. I mean, what have you heard me say about this before? What what, what are your thoughts on this? Um, Yeah, I mean, you've spoken this many times. One of the things that comes to mind um, for me most recently is, you know, with everything going on um, with the politics, with the vaccines, with the, the everything, you know, health isn't politics. Everybody's bringing up health right now. Everybody's talking about, you know, going um, herbalist and, and again, the homesteading and off gridding and homeschooling. And, but there is much more to it. Um, it starts, health is, is not just your physical health, it's your mental health. Um, we as a society are, are we're, we're stressed out, we're overworked, we're underpaid, we're, we're losing, we're losing it. We're losing our founding fathers and we're losing our creation um, that makes this country what it is. And it goes right back to, to these basic values. Um, I think there's there's a difference when you're when you're talking about traditional um, homesteading. I think, and I definitely think it's a topic that we should discuss. Maybe we'll do a a couple series podcast where we talk about um, 
people who are doing it right now because they feel that desperate times are coming versus a traditional homesteader who um, who's in it for, for just a simple life, right? I think that they are different. Um, yeah. Ways people end up in this, why people come to this place. Right, exactly. And I go right back to my to my great grandmother. Um, you're saying, you know, stop the YouTube, stop this, don't run down to the hardware store and buy all these things. Go pick up a, a, an old book and read, right? Brings you right back to those old traditions. You can learn so much from a book, um, from older generations, things that that nobody nowadays understands and right. i think that that's a key a key point right now the thing the thing here all right it's the books and the thinking and the in the growth uh, the personal growth stuff right it's that mind uh, that mindset difference and now you mentioned consumerism before and you mentioned going down to the hardware store and grabbing some right now there's a time and place for that if you have those resources and if the thing you're going to grab is maybe not something you can readily craft, like I can't just go make some a box of wood screws if I want to throw some siding up on something. I can't just craft a bunch of wood screws right easily right away, and it would not be productive time-wise for me to do that unless absolutely necessary, but then there's other ways to go about things. So there's a time and place to use the you know the resources we have available and what financial resources you have to um, help accelerate things, but there's a limit to that. And so the personal growth, book reading, the talking to older folks, the, the getting into that mentality, what it does is it creates a mindset and a, a value set in somebody where you look for creative solutions not consumer solutions. Um, right. I think that's a huge difference um, because when, if and when we ever end up back at a place where you can't just have a, a restocked every corner um, for reason, um, or you know, if we look at previously when that wasn't the case, when you had problem that came up any solution any any situation that came up in life you have to figure out how to do it yankee mentality and maybe one of the solutions is hey jimmy's trade shop in town has what i has the has a new pickaxe so i'll get on my horse and i'll spend four hours to ride to town and go get a new pickaxe that might be the solution even then but their solution might be, you know what, I've got an anvil and I've got a forge. And since it's 1877, I know how to heat up and build up my pickaxe back together so I don't need to run to town. Things are cyclical. These concepts are time immemorial. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. It's just some modern rewash, right? Right. Um, we're looking for creative solutions to the problems that arise. Um so let me give you a book title. Let me, let me throw a few books out. What do you think? You ready? Yep. Okay. So one of the best books, uh, and these are in no particular order, but some of the best books that I've read that have helped tackle mindset. Um, one is Extreme Ownership by Jocko Wilnick. 
Have, you, have I told you about that one? I think you have, yeah. Okay, so Jocko Wilnick was a Navy SEAL commander. He was the commander. He was the officer in charge during the Ramadi um, uh, campaign, and he was the SEAL commander in charge of the battlefield when we had some uh, fratricide, American-on-American friendly fire, horrible thing, the worst imaginable thing you can have in the military, and he was a guy in charge. And he wrote this book all about taking ownership of everything, no matter the cost, no matter if it's not even your fault um, and trying to use that as a guiding principle in life. Um, And I really think that's, that's a great place to start, especially if you're a a veteran or you're, you're a pro military or whatever um, you'll, you'll understand these concepts, but the idea of extreme ownership, Katrina, it's an amazing thing to start somebody on a personal development growth path and possibly towards homesteading and self-reliance because if somebody is not in the mindset that they are in control of their own destiny and that good bad or ugly they are pretty much the responsible party 99.9 times out of 100 it's and really 100 times out of 100 they're responsible for their situation right if they can't internalize that going to have a major roadblock towards actually going down these creative solutions and taking ownership of their food source, taking ownership of their family relationship, taking ownership of building their own uh, home. It's kind of a gateway. If, if we have the blame game and the virtue signal game and, and, and the everybody owes me something for free mentality, how do you think somebody could ever trans, transition themselves towards sustainable living doesn't that seem like that would be a roadblock Uh, absolutely so if i'm understanding you correctly and and i just want to make sure that we're both on the same page here um when you're talking about self-development and ownership you're not talking necessarily just the ownership of maybe your fault in something or um just you know the ownership of what you do when you go to work you're talking about the ownership of every aspect of your life 100% correct let's let's give a concrete example so let's give people a concrete example here so i'm dave i'm the 83 leader you know 8.3 is my thing and katrina's on the podcast and katrina's our outreach coordinator and she does awesome for us now, if, if I ask Katrina to go talk to somebody and try to go set up uh, an event hall for us or something, right, and the day comes and everything goes wrong and, you know, Katrina really drops the ball. Now, it could physically be her fault. A lot of people would say that, right? But right. now, extreme ownership version, I would say to you, Katrina, you know what? I'm the one in charge and it was my fault that that didn't get done right. Because maybe I didn't make myself clear on the expectation I wanted out of the hall that I sent you to rent. I could have given you more information. Maybe I didn't ask if you had questions. How did I fail you so that the mission was not successful? Even though you were the one who physically got the wrong hall or got a hall that's too small, what did I do? Where were the fault? How did the fault lie with me to make up for the team, the team failing, right? Even when there's a, a definite wrong, right? The yep. team, the the CEO of the company, the, the 
the commander in chief, the captain of the team ultimately bears that responsibility. Even if his teammate runs the ball into their own end zone, it's up to the team captain to go, Hey man, what did I do to fail us? That's, 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 does that make sense? It does. It does. So um, before we get off of this book and I mentioned another one. So the, the, the takeaway from this is not only is this um, good for the individual, right? It's good for me to own things. Um, it's freeing because it means I can direct my life. Um, and it's empowering because it helps spur me to action. It is also good for the team and it's good for the other people who inevitably do drop the ball on you sometimes when failures happen and when missteps happen, how much easier would it be Katrina for us to get over an, an event going horrendously wrong? Um, and for us to come together as a team, if I say, you know what, Katrina, I really fucked up. I should have given you way more info. I should have sent you three more emails. And I apologize to you that you screwed up renting a hall. Wouldn't that be easier to reconcile? Wouldn't that make the team get stronger instead of me saying, what the hell, Katrina? Why did you do that? Um, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I guess that kind of, um, there was a, a quote that I saw uh, last, I think it was last week. Um, and, and I think it, it pertains to this, you know, fake people have an image that they have to maintain where real people don't give a shit right? Same thing. If you're owning that ownership of whatever that fault was, um, you can fix it. You can move on. There's nothing to hide. There's nothing to worry about. The moment when you stop taking ownership of your life in general, but especially the, the for instance that you give, um, that's when things become difficult. That Our relationship would be compromised based on that failure of the hall. Um, because neither one of us took our ownership on that. Right. Right. So, um, and you know what, I'll, I'll be the first one to say, I'm always the first one to say when I've wronged and when I screw up because I am loud and outspoken just because, yep. just because, you know, I believe in these concepts doesn't mean sometimes I fail at these. I have laid blame on other people before that was my responsibility doing so has off has sometimes, uh, negatively impacted friendships or ruined working relationships. I am guilty of this. And, and, and so, but I also, but I also, it, you know, always work on myself. And that's one of the tenets I want to share with you guys. Just because I'm doing something doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. Doesn't mean people don't accidentally screw up. But the ability to get back on track and to recognize that you did something that you need to correct, um, that I think is the takeaway here. Um, so, I'll never claim to be perfect. So this is a learning experience and, and trying to share this stuff with you is a great way for Katrina and I to remind ourselves of these things that we know inside. Um, so another book, Katrina, um, the book on habits or the book of habit by Charles Deeg. I think I've mentioned that book to you. Yes. Okay. So basically everything we do as people habitual, um, and this book is a life-changing book, and it will help explain to you to realize why you do some things you do and how subconscious and habitual uh, people are, how brains work. Um, it's not a super technical book, um, but it will really open your eyes to a cigarette 
can start the chain smoking back after years of abstinence, how uh, one drink can, can undo 40 years of sobriety, how we can drive somewhere and then we all of a sudden wake up where we're going and we go, holy shit, I must have been on autopilot, right? That's you know? happened a few times. Oh, right? Everybody had that, right? And so this with you when I talked about the book, um, they actually scientifically through doing um, stuff with rats and, and, and uh, measuring brain activity and people and stuff, our brains, literally, we get into these habit patterns and we actually shut our brains off to the point where our brain activity, when we get engaged in a habit, our brain activity goes below our average normal ambient, like just standard brain. We actually go below our own par. And then when we conclude the habit, we pop back up and we examine, hey, did everything go right? Hey, what's the expected uh, outcome? And so it's true that when we, when we develop habits, good or bad, right? And this is the key why I bring this up, good or bad habits, we literally get these habits and they become subconscious and they can own us if we are not very careful. Um, so that's what I wanted to say about that book. Have you ever experienced something like that in your life, Katrina? Make this real for people. Um, I, I do. As a matter of fact, I, I struggle with it every day. Um, one of the examples that you gave was about smoking, right? So I had been smoking for 20 years um, and I, I never enjoyed smoking. I, I hated it as a kid. Um, both of my parents smoked. I, I literally would throw their, their cartons of cigarettes in the wood stove, get an ass whooping for that. But um, I, I just, I hated it. And, you know, to be, to be that popular one, I forced myself to become a smoker. I would throw up on a regular basis. Um, and I forced myself. So, you know, fast forward 20 years, I'm still a smoker. Um, and I was done. And, and I fought the, the fight to overcome. Nothing was going to control me or have power over me. Um, I lived that, that lifestyle very much, um, except for this one thing, you know the smoking and um and I quit smoking for a year um I felt amazing I had taken control over something that had control over me um I got into a good mindset and um and unfortunately um that one cigarette got me my dog passed away and the first thing I did was right. Our brain, my brain was on autopilot. Um, majority of smokers will tell you when they're stressed out, that's their first go-to. And it was for me, even a year later, um, it was my first go-to give me a cigarette. And yeah. when they did, it was it, it was over. And now I'm struggling to regain everything I lost. Um, all that hard work I lost. Right. And so when you've talked to me before about this, you, um, you can um, articulate and you know um, cognitively how much you hate the smoking. You know how much it costs. You've looked at the financial repercussions. You know you don't like the smell. You know you don't like anything about it. And, and, it, and it, it wears on you and it stresses you emotionally because you feel like you're not in control of it, right? You, you physically exactly. know things, right? Absolutely. 
Right. And so now we have to examine, well, why do we do things that we know are bad for us, that we know um, we don't like, the things that we wish we didn't do? Um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of biblical verses I could go into here, and there's obviously good and evil, but I'm not going to say smoking is like a forbidden sin. Uh, so it, I don't think, you know, um, it falls into that realm. But like, there are these habits and these patterns that once you establish them, if you reignite that, um, the, 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 one of the takeaways from that book, from Charles Deeg book, is he says a habit pattern is like a dry creek bed out in the Arizona desert. You can stop pouring the water into it and it will dry up. You can abstain. But the creek bed stays. And the second you pour water down and the second the rains come and you start that one behavior again, the habit loop and the pattern will follow the same course as you established. That's why you can fall back into things. And I mean, the fitness ramifications, we could talk for hours about fitness habits and about people's health habits. Um, but that's the thing. Remember, when you establish a pattern, you can't erase it. Um, that's the biggest takeaway. We're habitual. We go below brain activity, uh, below normal. And the habit patterns are like a dry creek bed. And when you start it again, you will follow to the same conclusion. You can't erase them. So what do we do? We have to build a new, healthy, sustainable habit pattern over top of them and create a new behavior instead of following the old ones. So I think that's a good place to leave that one. What do you think? I agree. All right. Perfect. So we've talked about owning our situation. We've talked about, um, you know, the mentality of make do, make it yourself, the Yankee mentality. We've talked about um, what being truly off grid means. Um, and then what was the other one? There was one other I kind of wanted to bring up. Um, I can't remember. Um, so, I mean, I think the mentality is the first place to start. Um, oh, that was it. So then the only other thing that I think is really that I want to bring into this one um, is my mentor that I've followed, Andy Frasilla. Okay. Andy is a crazy businessman. He's super successful. Uh, he's as real as it gets. And I have had my life totally changed and impacted by his podcast and what he has done. So I definitely want to plug him here. And the thing that he has done that most changed my life um, is he developed the program called 75 Hard. And I want to explain very briefly this program and why it's very applicable and why it fits here. 75 Hard is a program where for 75 days, you don't substitute and you don't fuck around in your life. That's the bottom line. It is a mental toughness program that also has physical elements and eating, uh, physical exercise elements and eating habits uh, as an element. Um, but the program is designed to recalibrate who you are as a person. Um, I'm going to make sure we share the link to send people over to that. Um, and I highly recommend this. It is hard. Um, Katrina, do you think there's any of these, uh, anything in life that's worth doing is easy? Never. 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 It always takes that dedication. It always takes that work. And, um, you know, without going too far into it, um, my faith in the Lord says that anything that is that easy is literally the work of the devil. Um, I posted the other day um, on Facebook about this. 
you know, working to open doors and the harder you work, the more doors that will be opened unto you, right? Knock. You've got to knock first before the door will be opened unto you. But it seems like the harder you work, the luckier you get. And the, and the more doors you knock on, the more doors that are going to be opened. But right. the, is the door that is the easiest to obtain, there just might be hell on the other side of that really easy to obtain door. Right. Um, so 75 hard really, and, and I'm going to send you guys to that. So I want you to fully explore this and develop this. I'm just going to give you the quick five points um, and then we're going to get off of it. Uh, Sandy thing. It's not my thing. So you guys should go support him uh, and uh, check that out. Um, you got to take a progress picture every day. A fitness or in bikini progress picture every day because we want to see the physical changes because you will see physical differences in your life if you control your behaviors and habits and your mindset. Your body will reflect this. Okay. So a progress picture every day. Uh, you've got to pick a diet eating plan, not just a diet, but you've got to pick a way to eat and stick with it. There's no prescription on whether it's Atkins or keto or paleo or whether it's something you make up, but you've got to decide on eating guidelines and you don't deviate from them. One red cent, one iota, one calorie, one item, no cheat meals. It's all or nothing. Okay. Um, you're going to work out two times a day for 45 minutes. Okay. One of the exercise sessions must be outside. You must physically go out into the elements to complete one of your 45-minute workout sessions. And I'll explain why that is important um, in a minute. They also cannot be back-to-back. And you're going to read 10 pages of a personal development book every day of some kind of professional personal development book. You're not going to read... Um, you know, you're not going to read fucking Harry Potter for 10 pages a day. You're not going to read my little pony picture books. You're going to read a real personal development book, um, every day. Um, so that's the program. Okay. You're going to do that for 75 days straight and there's no exceptions. There's, Oh, Oh, you, sorry. You get to drink a gallon of water. Um, I, I combined one of those somewhere, uh, one gallon of water every day. Okay. So those are the elements. Um, now the catch here is as with anything real in life, when you screw up, oftentimes it undoes everything you have done and you need to go back to the beginning. Right. Right. So that is the catch with 75 hard. If you forget to take your progress picture and you fall asleep and you wake up the next day, you're back at day one. If you miss, if you've got a gallon jug and you wake up the next morning and there's four ounces of water left in that gallon jug, you go back to day one. When things go wrong, you typically kind of are reset. You get these big back steps. So 75 hard is designed to um, make get um, days in a row. Um, Now, the last thing I want to say about 75 hard, I have personally done this program and it was amazing. It's hard as shit and you can make it crazy hard if you want to get strict on your diet. Um, but what I want to say is that the element of being outdoors for the workout, right? Um, that is one of the biggest takeaways, I think, from that program. And a, a, one of the biggest reasons for doing that, even living in New where we get, you know, freezing rain and snow and all this kind of stuff. 
um, because the idea behind this is you're going to have to work, you're going to have to put in effort, and you are going to have to figure out a way to be fucking successful in your life and to achieve and to get the shit that needs getting done to get it done, irregardless of the conditions of the world around you. Not just the weather, but the situation that you are dealt cannot always dictate and determine what you do in life. Um, you have to dictate that. And this is designed to help you break that. You know, Katrina, how, how often have you needed to do something in life or had something pop up and the conditions were ideal for you? Has it ever happened? Um, if it has, it hasn't been anything memorable. <laughs> right. So the conditions are never prime. So that's one of the biggest takeaways with the outdoor workout is learn to get your shit done and mentally become tough, regardless of the circumstances. Um, so go check out 75 hard. Um, I'll dig up the link for that episode for Andy's podcast and uh, go check that out. So I think those are three big uh, book, the two books and a program that um, I think are really big. I think the mental growth, personal development aspect of mindset shift is the first place somebody should start if they want to learn to become more self-reliant, learn to become a stronger patriot, um, figure out who the fuck they are inside. Um, you don't figure out who you are when times are easy. You figure it out when times are hard. You got to look inside yourself and see what you're made of because a lot of people um, were soft, right, Katrina? Absolutely. We think that we know what we want. We think, you know, the, oh, I can handle that when the time comes. But in all reality, they're losing their mind when, you know, the power goes out. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't know how to, they don't know how to deal with a little bit of snow or they can't stand out in the rain for an hour to hold a, to hold a flag or a sign, you know, um, that, that weakness has been, um, emphasized by our soft consumer lifestyle. Um, and I think it's a huge detriment. Absolutely. So, um, let's close this out. Um, let's kind of finish up here. So this, this podcast, I kind of gave you some, some resources, a couple of good books to go read. I'll have more book recommendations in the future. Um, and I've decided that I'm going to be starting a 75 hard program again. Um, and so I'll share more with you guys in different times, uh, how that's going to look. And hopefully maybe some people can come on board with that. And, uh, We'll have future elements, uh, future episodes where I will tell you specifically, I can do elements where uh, I tell you what kind of tools to get, um, what resources, website, books to go to for the actual practical how to make a chair out of wood type homesteading, the how to grow your stuff. We can do those practical things, but I think it would be foolish for us to tell you guys those resources without really getting you to understand the mental development comes first. The mental toughness is the key that will make you successful in this fight. Um, so those will be forthcoming. Katrina, what else you got to say today? Um, I think just to kind of recap on that, you know, it, it is a process and you're right. We have to start there. Um, you have to have that mental and that physical strength to be able to move on to obtain that knowledge um, and, and to be successful. Um, the last thing I'll say about that, and, and I'll leave this, you know, with the, with the listeners um, and, and they can kind of just think about this um, a little bit of light kills all the darkness. And by that, I mean, we don't just um, 
we don't just light the world. We start candle by candle. And um, and when it's pitch black out there, David, you know this. You live off grid. When it's pitch black out there and you strike that one small light, that one small candle, the darkness goes away. And it's a start. And that's what it's all about. It's a start. Right. You're, you know, none of us started where we were at. We all started. We all came into this world kicking and screaming and covered in blood and shit. Okay. So you are on equal territory. You are on equal grounds with everybody else. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, I think before we get off, it's worth to, to remind people um, with the time frame that we're recording this podcast in, we're now 18, 19 months into this COVID thing. Okay. And this there, you've got to start somewhere and everybody starts somewhere um, and you may be totally lost. Well, hopefully you're not totally lost where to start now because we've given you some places to start, some real practical ones. Um, but it's up to you from this point after listening to this podcast, where you go from this point is up to you because I don't really give a shit where you're at right now. I honestly don't. I care where you decide, where you decide you are going to go with your future, with your fitness journey, with your uh, preparations, with your patriotism, with your activism, with your family life. I want to know where you're going to go. What are you going to do? Because the time is now, guys. The time is now. And a lot of people don't understand that call to action that Katrina and I always do. How many times have you heard me do a call to action? And then people get upset, right? Right, right. <laughs> Always, right? Um, and uh, so the time is now. You can take one step today and then take another step tomorrow and then take another step tomorrow. But if you don't choose to do this for yourself, don't bother trying to go off grid. Don't bother trying to be more self If you are just hamstrung by your own fear, if you just can't own anything in your life and you, you get done listening to the hour with Katrina and here and you say, yeah, but somebody did this to me. You've literally not taken anything away and you need to go back and start from square one. Fuck yeah. That's all I got. All right. Fuck yeah. All right. All right, that's the episode for today, guys. Thank you for tuning in to American Conversations, the 8.3 Liter Podcast. We appreciate you hanging around with us, and if you got value, if you were uplifted, taught something, and entertained by today's podcast, please do us a favor, share it real quick, send it out to your platforms, tell people about it, and do that every once in a while. Do it routinely if you can um, as you're listening to these podcasts. If you really are finding value and you really appreciate what we do and you want to support us, we're releasing all of our podcasts for early access through Patreon. You can find us on Patreon at 83 Liter, and uh, please su- subscribe and support us that way, and then you'll get early access to all of our podcasts. Guys, remember, build that life you don't have to take a vacation from, and as always, be a person, be a man, be an American patriot that our forefathers would not have been ashamed to stand in a room with, because... I do not ask the government for permission. The government asks permission from me. And guys, the government should ask permission from you and every other American citizen. It should be a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. And if you believe in that sentiment, we appreciate your support. Check out our website, 8.3.com, to get one of those, our signature t-shirt on the government rule. Okay, E-I-G-H-T-P-O-I-N-T-T-H-R-E-E.com. 8.3.com. 
Find us there. Get on our social. Share this around. And we will see you soon, guys. Take care. God bless. Be safe. Bye-bye.